Good morning. Hey, it's Jack Kelly. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Um, today, got a really interesting topic to go over. Presenteeism and resenteeism. I pronounced that right, right, Chris? Yep, perfectly. <laughs> I don't know why I get my tongue tied on that on those two, presenteeism and uh, resenteeism. So what that means is this, why we like to say, hey, why is this important? Why should I know about this? Why should I care? I haven't maybe, I haven't even heard of these terms before. So let me give you some backstory. What I've seen over the course of several decades in the job market and recruiting and hiring and interviewing, when things are good, employees have the power because they know that they can go and find a new job anywhere they want. Similar to what it was like during the great resignation where there were plentiful jobs. And if you had a boss who was a jerk, you could say, I'm out of here. I'm not going to deal with this. Now the market, particularly or specifically for the white collar professional, it's not a really great job market. <laughs> it's, it's actually very slow. Companies won't say this out loud, but in my opinion, it does feel that AI is going to take a lot of jobs. Now, to be fair, they'll probably add a lot of jobs as well, but they're going to take jobs. I've definitely seen this trend of white collar jobs being put in other countries, lower cost locations to save money because over the last from mid late 2022 to 20 you know throughout 2023 is really everything was cost conscious cost cutting being careful about the expenses where before when we're coming out of the pandemic and there's massive hiring you know they were throwing dollars at everything and it was very different so now what you have to have the mindset and understanding is that it's an employer market where they have the power, they have the level levels of control because they know that there's not a lot of hiring going on and they could just wait it out. They could slow walk interviews. They could take their time. They can ghost you and they know it. And, and candidates kind of realize, if you're not realizing it now, you're going to know you're hearing it from me. This is what's going on behind the scenes. It's not that you're doing anything wrong or bad or what have you. It's the way, the systemic way things are going now, where the, the workers don't have that same leverage. Now, here's what, uh, what I wanted to share with you to help manage your expectations. When you're in this kind of environment that is employer-centric, it, it's tougher for workers, it's tougher for employees. And this is where we get to, let's say, let's start with presenteeism, because think about it. Turn back the clock a little bit where, you know, everybody was remote or at least then having hybrid. Now, instead of fighting and saying, I want remote. And as you know, all these companies are pushing to get people back into the office. So if you're asking for remote in the past, you might not ask it now. And even though you really want to be at home 
and work remotely. And maybe you even you know, sold a home during the pandemic to find a new location and buy your new house somewhere else that was less expensive, lower taxes, and so forth. You're going to say, oh, I have no choice. I'm not going to go fighting my boss about remote because they could easily just say, hey, Jack, I'm sorry. We can't do it. So you might as well look somewhere else. And this, this is what's happening now, where the presenteeism comes into effect, where now you feel the pressure. Hey, I have to go to work, commute from New Jersey, getting on the train in the cold and the snow and the rain, taking an hour and change to get into Manhattan, and then maybe walking a bunch of blocks, then going into the office, being in a cubicle for eight hours under those fluorescent lights. And you feel like this is not fair. This sucks. If you're not feeling well and you're sick and you have a cold and we're getting into winter season already. So, so what ends up happening is in the, in a good market, if you're not feeling well, you might say, Hey boss, I'm, I'm going to take a sick day. Is that okay? And they'll be like, sure. Great. You know, or, or take some paid time off because your kids are sick and you have to take care of them and you have to, or whatever the case may be. But now with presenteeism, you're going to feel the pressure that I got to be in the office. I got to be in there early, stay late, maybe work later hours at night, work weekends, even if I don't feel well, even if I'm tired, even if I'm sick, even if I have a vacation. So instead of maybe taking that longer vacation with the family, you might either say, I'm not going to have a vacation at all, or I'm just going to take a smaller staycation or maybe just take long weekends. And so it's not necessarily where your supervisor or manager is saying, you can't take a vacation. You know, you know, you can't take days off. It's really not that. It's that subtle understanding where the managers and bosses know that they they have people sending in resumes, wanting to interview, needing a job, worried about holding on to a job. So they know that the workers, that the employees, the professionals don't have as many options. Do they have options? Yes. You know, are their jobs open? Of course but it's not easy and depends on what you do. Some sectors, it's a little easier and a little more openings in terms of jobs. Others, not so much. So if you're in an area where maybe it's not hot and there's not a lot of jobs, you're going to feel that subtle pressure to say, even though I don't want to come in, even though I want hybrid or remote, I'm going to suck it up and not complain too much. Even if I feel like I don't want to go into the office. I'm, I'm just so tired of this grind, especially after a few years, after years of not having to do it. My body's not used to it. My mind's not used to it. I, and, and the expenses are so high. If you're coming in from a suburb, let's say into New York City, the train pass, the railroad pass, the bus pass, getting breakfast, some lunch, um, other, you know, maybe, you know, you're staying late, so you're having dinner. It could easily be 50, 60 bucks, if not more, every day. It, you know, in the past, you would say, hey, this is not fair. I want compensation for this. Why should I have to go and foot the bill when you told me I could work remote and now I have to go in? 
but you don't because you're feeling, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to complain too much. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be that guy because there's, I see they're putting ads up, you know, for similar jobs and I could lose my job. So this is a real thing. And I want to bring it up because I, I believe most people aren't aware what goes on behind the scenes. So when they're interviewed, they're looking for a job or they're at work, they're not sure what's really going on. They're not sure like, like, is it me? I, you know, I see a change. It doesn't feel the same way. You know, it felt for a while that, you know, I had and my peers, well, you know, we had the advantage and we could do what we want to do. If we wanted to come in late, it was okay. If we wanted to leave early, it was okay. If we wanted a remote, fine, hybrid, fine. Now it's shifting. And they're like, why? What's happening? Why is it shifting? So this is what's going on. This is why you're feeling this subtle and sometimes not so subtle pressure to turn up the heat, to put in more hours, to work harder, to be more productive, to be there, to be seen, because if not, the fear, anxiety is that if they have to cut costs and lay off people, you might be the one targeted, which is, is unfortunate. But part of what we're trying to do with this LinkedIn Live slash podcast is share these behind the scenes things. When I speak to hiring managers and recruiters and talent acquisition people and executives, this is kind of the thread that I'm seeing. This is, this is the issue that people are confronting. And I feel even though it's not a fun topic to talk about or a pleasant topic, I think it's something you need to know. So now you could understand what's happening. So you might be going to the wondering, why are they pushing me to the office? Why am I looking around and everybody's working so hard and looking nervous and looking worried? This is why it just changed. And then it, this relates then to, to kind of a, another adjacent thing that's happening called resenteeism. Christine, maybe you want to kind of maybe share a little bit what resenteeism is? Resentium, resentium <laughs> describes staying in an unsatisfying job due to perceived lack of better options or fear of job insecurity, like you were talking about before. And these people, they're a lot more outspoken in their resent, uh, resentfulness and like their hate, their hate for their job. And they may call in sick, whereas people who are part of presenteeism they come into work sick, whereas these people, they're trying to shirk any kind of workplace obligations. Yeah, it's, it's, and what I see with resenteeism, it makes sense, right? Given that we were just talking about, hey, I don't feel well, I'm sick, I have the flu, my kids are sick, you know, I have to pick up my kids, you know, from school because the teacher called and said, hey, you know, whatever, you know, I don't know if your parents, you could understand this happens all the time. So you go in and you're just not happy that you have to go in and, or you have, or you feel uncomfortable if I'm taking the time off to pick up my kid from school. Then what happens is after a while, you start resenting it, even though you know that your job is maybe not so secure as it used to be and you're working hard, you're kind of frustrated because no one wants to be in a spot where 
they feel there's there's always the axe dangling over your head. What is that? The sword of Damocles hanging over your head that at any minute you're done for. It's almost like survivor's guilt or where people have lost their jobs already. You're still there, but you feel guilty you're still there and your peers have been let go. But then also there's another element, the feeling, when is somebody going to tap me on the shoulder? Or get that call from HR and say, hey, Jack, we'd like to have a meeting with you at four o'clock on Friday. Are you available? And then you know, oh my gosh, I know what that call is going to be about. My number is up. I'm going to be kicked out. So it's for anybody who's been in this position before. And if you haven't, you could empathize. It is one of the most uncomfortable, awkward, frightening, concerning, demotivating thing is when you feel that you have to, you're forced to go into the office and work. You have to go in under adverse conditions, knowing also that there's not a likelihood for all your hard work and effort. You might not get a raise. You might not get a promotion. You might not get that bonus. You might not get that corporate title that you wanted in the annual review because once again, the employer feels they have the advantage and they don't have to do it because they're thinking, hey, what's Jack going to do? He's stuck. He's, he's not going to leave because it's too hard to find a job. And think about the mentality. If you're forced to do something, if you feel under pressure, if you feel you're being taken advantage of, it's hard to be your, your best self. And even somebody who is highly professional, you could understand how they start being grumpy, being unhappy, just just feeling bad, just feeling lousy and unhappy and unmotivated and disengaged from work. And some people really go further where, and you know, you've heard the, all these memes, you know, act your you know, wage, um, bare minimum Monday, things of that nature, quiet quitting. That's what happens. So people start feeling that. Well, I'm just going to shirt, you know, I'm just going to do the bare minimum so I don't get fired, but I'll, 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 I'm not going to kill myself. I'm just going to do enough. I'm going to look for any shortcuts. I'm going to spend a lot of time. I'm going to be careful, but I'm going to spend a lot of time searching for new jobs, finding recruiters, getting my resume redone and fixed up, maybe having someone help me with my LinkedIn profile. So that that's going on. And it's not a great way to live your work life where, where you just feel as if you're being cheated and you're feeling stuck. What I, and some people really just, just can't hold it in. They'll start rumors. They'll complain. They'll openly just, just say derogatory things about their boss and management and the executives, because after a while, they're only human and, and they could only hold it in so long. Now, what I would suggest is this, even though it seems reasonable that you have the presenteeism where you feel forced to go in to the office no matter what, then you have the resenteeism is like, now I'm here, I feel like I'm trapped. But my, my message is this, and you might say, Jack, easy for you to say, but you have to play the game. 
And what I mean by that is this, in my experience, I've always seen it, the people who make the most noise and grumbling and complaining, and, and you've seen in the office where it's so obvious when people just, they just checked out mentally and they, you know, they just pass off work or they do something very shoddy. And there's a psychology there. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. The person who bitches and moans and complains, right? And and has is part of, let's say, of a team, and they do a crappy job of what they're supposed to do. After a while, the manager of that group and the other colleagues don't even give you the work to do because whatever they do, they screw it up, they mess it up, they do they do a lousy job of it. And it's just easy. It goes back to like in, in school, like high school or college, where you have a project and usually there's one or two people who really do everything. And then there's usually that one person who just sucks. So they end up not even giving that work anymore. So the person feels like, <laughs> I pulled one over. I did such a bad job. They don't want me to do anything anymore. That's not, that's not a good strategy because people aren't dumb. You know, what is this called? A pyretic, pyretic victory? Pyretic victory? So, you know, I should know these words. I, I, you know, it's like they're really cool. It's a cool expression where it's, a, it's, it's like you may win a battle, but you're not winning the war. So what ends up happening is this, where you think in the short term by acting your wage, doing the bare minimum, all these TikTok memes, by the way, I love TikTok, so nothing against it, but that's where you see a lot of it. So e even though you want to just 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 openly complain and just 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 let you know let it all out, it's not going to help because in a tough market, and if there could be layoffs or there could be cuts or they're making decisions who will get that incremental increase in salary or that higher bonus, the ones who are, you know, acting their wage or quiet quitting, the, the, the managers really know who that is, who they are. So they're not going to give you those rewards. Even if there's a meager amount, they're not going to give anything to you. And not only that, but they know if they get the signal to lay off people, you're going to be one of the people that are going to lay off. So why should you make yourself a target? You don't want to do that. Instead, now check out this. This is like a really, in my opinion, a really cool hack to get through things. In your mind, you say to yourself, hey, this is not the best situation. In fact, it's a pretty lousy situation. However, however, I don't want to quit because I realize it's, it's hard to find another job. It's very competitive, very stressful. We're heading into the holidays, which is historically slow. I'm just going to pretend everything is fine. Let whatever the boss says roll right back down my back. Don't let it bother me at all. No seething, no talking behind their back. No, you know, blah, 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 right to all. Hey, hey, boss, all good. That's cool. Glad to help. Let me know whatever I can do. I'm here for you. 
Now, you don't say that in a sucking up way. You just want to say it like, hey, I'm a team player. I know that things are hard. Things are tough for everybody, including yourself, boss. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to help you. And the reason I'm saying that, and I know some people say, oh, well, you're just sucking up and what are you pretending? If you have a family and you have a mortgage and you have college tuition to pay for your kids, you have to do what you have to do. You Sometimes you have to put your ego and pride aside. I know it's not easy, but you have to look at the bigger picture. Because let's say you're the person who says, you know what, things aren't good. They're not treating me that well. You know, F this place, F this person, hell with this. Why? Because you're going to now be a target. Put aside your ego. Put it aside for now. That happens. That happens. Picture, I mean, it happens everywhere. It happens in sports. You know, you, you could be a great football player, but have a you know, bunch of bad games. It happens. You can't just give up. It, ha it, it happens. Here in the workplace, sometimes you just have a bad stretch of luck, given what's happening in the situation. But you can't let it really get to you. As best as you can, you really want to have that mindset. This is a temporary thing. Oftentimes, when people are in <clears throat> challenging environments, they think it's going to go on forever. More often than not, it doesn't go on forever. In a lifetime, it's really a small blip. So this small blip, you want to say to yourself, hey, I know I'm not happy that I have to go back to an office where they told me it could be remote. I'm not happy that they even said it's hybrid, but now they're pushing me for four days a week. And I got a feeling it's going to end up being five days a week. I know I'm not happy because I'm going to be all doing all this work, putting in the hours, working nights, weekends, just to save my job. That's not the way I want to live, but I got to do what I have to do until things get better. And I think if you have that, if you ad adapt, adopt that mindset of saying, hey, yes, things are challenging. Yes, things are tough, but it's not going to last forever and it's going to change. So I'm not going to do anything dumb that's going to mess me up. And then maybe I get let go or fired. And then I have to start scrambling for a new job. It doesn't pay. Play the game. Pretend and act. Everything is fine. I'm going to help. And actually do it. You know, actually do it. Hey, if you need the help, I'm going to help you. Coworker, colleague, boss, supervisor, someone in a different department. Hey, I'm here. I'm going to help. Because if you don't, I find out that people, when they try to dodge doing work, they spend more time and more effort and more energy avoiding to do their work than actually doing the work. So you might as well just do it. Get it done. Do it gladly. Do it well. So then you're going to stay and you're going to survive. Because sometimes that's what it's about. It's survival. And you have to be smart enough to say, I want to be around. So when the market turns, and it will, because it always does. It always does. 
I've seen over the course of you know 30 year plus, you know, within the you know work, you know, the workplace where you know, you'll have the dot-com boom, dot-com bust. You have 9-11, which is horrible, and then things kind of get better. Then you have the financial crisis, which is horrible, but then things get better. You have the pandemic, which is horrible, but then things turned out better for a while. Then it got bad for a while. It's That's what happens. You just have to ride it out. And it's, it's, it's this constant thing. But what I've always seen, fortunately, now who knows what will happen in the future, but for America, even though you have these blips, picture this as a graph, right? And you know you have the up, down, up, down. But even though you're having it, as it goes up, it keeps going up on the right and up. So what I mean by that, even with the downs, when you factor in the long time horizon, it actually keeps going up. So you want to stay engaged. You want to keep learning. You want to keep growing. You want to be in there. Because if, if, if you're kind of knocked out, and let's say there's a gap in your resume, let's say there's a long gap, let's say you're long-term unemployed, can you still get a job? Yes. However, it's not easy. It becomes harder. It becomes harder when you have those gaps for a certain period of time or a long period of time. It's uncomfortable when you interview and you have to explain, well, you know, I had to go into the office and... You know, the boss was a jerk because they made me come in when I wasn't feeling well. And, you know, they didn't let me use my paid time off. But who's going to hire you when you have that at it, when you come in and talk like that? Not only that, when you're in between jobs and maybe you left on not the best circumstances, that's not a great way to interview because going into the interview, you know, they're going to ask these questions and you're going to just, it's going to like emotionally, you're raw because you don't want to talk about the situation. You don't want to talk about how lousy it was to have to keep going in and being present and having like this toxic positivity. And, and now the interviewer is grilling you and you're just, just, Arr. that's, you're not going to do well in those interviews. So the better thing and I'm kind of know I'm being redundant, but I want to drive the point home because if you talk to a lot of your family and friends, they'll give you advice that they think is well-meaning, but not great advice. They'll be, yeah, you know what? There are plenty of jobs. Just, just say, you know, heck with them. If they don't appreciate you, get out of there and quit. It's very easy for someone to say that when they're not the one quitting. It's very easy to do that. It's very easy to actually then quit, right? And I can't tell you how many people I've spoken with over the years where they're like, hey, Jack, I, you know, I quit. I couldn't take my boss was this and my manager was that. And here's what happened at the company. And oh my God, I'm so glad, you know? And so like, I'm coming to you, Jack, because I need another job. Can you help me? I'm like, sure, I'll help you. And they're so excited that they were like, gave you the F you to the boss and like feeling and then telling all their family and friends. Yeah. So here's what I said to my boss after, you know, after I quit, I said, bah, bah, and just kind of, you know, unleashed. Then what happens? Maybe two days later, when you're sitting on the couch, watch binge watching Netflix or watching football, baseball, whatever the season is. And you're like, what did I just do? You felt good momentarily. Hey, I told them off. 
I gave them a piece of my mind. But then it sets in. Like, well, they're still there working. I'm not. I kind of maybe burned some bridges with my exit interview. And that's going to be hard to explain because now I have a gap. And now it, it went from a couple of days to a week to a month to a few months. Now I'm not feeling as good about myself. I'm losing a little confidence. This is why you have to be smart. You have to have thick skin. You can't take it personal and treat it. Trust me, like treat it as a game. And the reason I say that, because it it is. Here's the objectives, what you have to do. Here are the limits of what you can do. Just like anything else, you know? You know, football, there's a certain, you know, you know, there's a certain amount of time you're playing, you know? So with, you know, they're, they're just, with games, there's kind of a construct of what's involved, how long it lasts, what you need to do to succeed, what, what you shouldn't do because you'll fail. Same thing. You want, you want to make sure you're playing the game to the best of your ability. And sometimes, let's say like even in professional sports, you could do the best you can, but still not win. But you tried and gave it your all. Same thing. With your job, you want to try your hardest to save it, hold on to it. Also, stealthily, if you're unhappy, look for another job, but be careful because you don't want anyone blowing up your spot and looking. And this way, if you're looking simultaneously, you know, sending out resumes, touching base with your network to get ins with certain companies, informational interviews, some real interviews. So this way, if something happens, You've already started. You you have the wheels in motion. You don't have to go from scratch. And if you're currently employed, then that's a little easier because then you could do it. And if it doesn't work out, you don't find something. At least now you can feel all right. I'm not terribly happy where I am, but at least I'm getting paid. I have my health benefits. I have somewhere to go every day. And you look at kind of a, hey, these are some at least positive things. Could it be better? Yes. But at least I have these things. And I am preparing just an exit strategy just in case. Now, Christine, do you think is this? I, I don't mean to be dark about this, but I feel I want people to understand if they're going through themselves to realize this is not, oh, man, this is not just me. I thought, like, I didn't know that. I, you know, I didn't realize this is going on wholesale across the board. Yeah, you gave very sound advice. And I think, like, especially with resenteeism, you think you're hurting your boss, but you're hurting yourself more. So I think it's important that you you got that across. In, in either instance of presenteeism and resenteeism, would you suggest that people request a meeting with their manager to at least try to, like, better their situations while they're there and maybe get additional support that they feel Absolutely. like they're making. It's a brilliant point. In fact, can we, can we role play something? I'll, I'll put, you know, you're the boss, right? And I'll, I'll, I would go to you and say, you know, 
hey, Ms. Muskakis, can I'd like, can we have a conversation? And then can we set up a meeting to talk? And then let's say you say, oh, sure. Let's, let's, let's have a meeting on, you know, Wednesday, such and such. We'll have, you know, in my office or on a Zoom call. And then I would say, hey, Christine, I really, you know, hey, I love the company. I love what I do here. Um, I love my job. I love the people I'm with. And the reason you're saying that, because you want to set the stage. Whenever you're interacting with, let's say, senior level people or your boss or manager or executives, you want to level set because when you have these meetings, they don't know where you're coming from. They don't know if you're going to go attack them. They don't know if you have some, some, you know, some sinister stuff that they know that you know they did and you want to call them out on it. So they're a little on edge because it's always from a job seeker or worker's perspective, they always feel like, oh, we're the ones who are worried. Managers and supervisors are just as worried, sometimes even more worried because they're worried, hey, Jack's going to go and complain. Hey, you're a racist or a sexist or a thisist or whatever it could be. So they're on edge. So to go back to it. When you have that conversation, you want to start out showing that this conversation is mutually beneficial and it's not to find fault or argue or fight or you know claim anything. So you'll say, hey, Christine, love the company, love the people, love my job. I'm, I'm you know, everything is great. However, and so it's, so you, so this way, Christine, right? You would feel if you hear that, right? You'd feel a little comfortable. Okay, this sounds good, yeah. right? You would like, all right, now you're a little relaxed as a manager because okay, he's not yelling and screaming and saying, "Hey, you did this to me," and here's what's going on. So, like, right? You 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 would hear that, and I imagine you feel like, okay, all right, so far, all right, I'm not being attacked. I guess it's not so bad. Then I would follow up and say, hey, however, that being said, I really could use your help. And that kind of phrase is important too, because now it's not the worker against the boss. It's like, hey, we're going to work together to make this, you know, to make something better. Mm -hmm. Right. So, hey, Christine, I'd like your help. What I'm finding out myself and I don't want to put anyone else on the spot, but I do notice this feel, this vibe in the office where everybody is very stressed. Everyone's real anxious. Everyone's a little on edge. And maybe you've even noticed people snap, snap, you know, snapping at each other. Maybe, maybe being a little abrupt. I've also, you know, to be fair, I think you've seen Christine. We've all seen a lot of people not working as hard. And I think what's happening is we're under a lot of pressure. You know, the economy is not as good. The job market is not as good. So I think a lot of people feel a little stuck and they don't know what to do, but they'll feel intense pressure to keep producing and working long hours to hold on to their job. Is there any way you could provide some comfort that, hey, and I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I don't want to speak on behalf of everybody in the office, but just myself. And, but I think a lot of people feel the same way. Maybe there's something we could do 
or management could do to alleviate some of the concerns, let them know how we feel. Maybe there could be a feedback survey so it could be anonymous so people won't feel uncomfortable sharing what they're going through. And then Christine, as a manager, maybe you could look through and say, oh, I didn't realize. Because to be fair, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the one who just feels like I'm being taken advantage of and I'm getting resentful and I'm getting frustrated. Could be me. But this way, if Christine, perhaps if you have a survey and you engage with maybe one-on-ones with a lot of people, you may find that they share the same feelings. And I would imagine, Christine, as a ma- you know, as a manager, as a boss, you get that if people are under stress and pressure and afraid, they're not going to do their best work. They're going to be too anxious, too worried, too nervous. So it doesn't help the company and it doesn't help the individual. So so if, I hope I hope that makes sense. I hope I didn't offend you or say anything inappropriate, but I just felt, and I respect you enough that I wanted to bring it to your attention. Does that make sense? So like, just so, so a way you could kind of say it without alienating, without pointing fingers, without causing a fight, without causing a ruckus, get your point across, but then give you the manager some options of what they can do to make it better for everybody. And then showing that also it's not helping the manager and it's not helping the company if you have a whole bunch of workers who feel frustrated and angry and have one foot out the door. I agree. You said it so beautifully. It gives them the opportunity to course correct an issue that mm-hmm. they might have been you know, yeah. privy to. And if one person's feeling it, it's likely that it's kind of poisoning the culture and, and lowering morale and you know that does all affect the company's bottom line so yeah I loved how you framed that entire conversation with the manager yeah well thanks and it's I I feel and this is what I really enjoy with these LinkedIn lives is that giving some of these insights and it's not because I have all the answers but you know after doing this for so many years you see these things play out again and again and then I hear from people like what they did, what worked and what didn't. So then I could take that and then reshare it and give this advice. So now hopefully by watching this, you realize, and you, you know, we'll call it resentism, presenteeism, whatever, but the really, like even put those buzzwords out, it's really like, Hey, right here, right now for white collar professionals, it's harder. I'm confident that things are going to get better and change because that's just how it always goes. It goes in cycles. So it's getting to make sure, do what you need to do to to get through kind of a bumpy period because it'll get better. So this way you don't do anything you later regret. It still will be sucky for a while, but then ultimately it'll turn around. Things will get better. And then you'll look back and say, man, I am so glad I didn't just, you know, you know, F off Christine, my boss, because then I would have a bad review, a bad recommendation. Every time I go for an interview, I'd have to tell the story about how I, you know, whatever and where it'll get out. So suck it up for a while, play the game 
and then keep going and things will improve and get better. And this way, also knowing that you're not alone. This is this is going on, uh, 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 you know, all with everyone across the board. And workers just want to know that they're supported. And mm -hmm. and if you don't feel safe in just requesting time off, yeah. that's that's just so terrible. And you see this happening more these days because during the pandemic companies were like we care about our workers and like we care mm -hmm. about your well-being and then once like the pandemic and COVID subsided then they started rolling back so on on things so just imagine as like an employee seeing that you're like wow they don't care about me and then that realization is why people find themselves in in like this position where they're they're just angry and resentful mm -hmm. and they want to just get back at the boss that's, a, that's such a good point because i vividly remember there's a year or so give or take where i would get hit up from so many top companies to write about hey here's what we're doing with abc widget company for the mental health and well emotional well-being of our people hey, we're doing this, we're shutting down the office for a week so everyone could take care of their mental health and emotional well-being. Here's, we're hiring a new wellness chief, you know, to make sure everyone's feeling covered. So for a while, as Christine was saying, that was like the thing. Now, all of a sudden, once the employers have the upper hand, you notice, you like as Christine mentioned, you don't see that as much. So, but it, once again, this shows like how it just, it shifts back and forth. And I think we're going to be, I think we're going to hopefully get into a zone where it's going to be back to where things are good. Like I just give you a couple of just data points really quick. So it looks like the most recent number, it looks like inflation has been coming down. It looks like they're not going to have more rate hikes from the Fed. It looks like you might even have some rate cuts. Um, it looks like the GDP has boosted up. So, you know, the stock market is doing well and not the stock market is a be all and end all, but it's kind of a metric of judging because it's a forward looking mechanism of where things are going. And if people are confident that the economy and everything is doing well, they're going to buy, you know, they're going to buy stocks. If they think it's going to not go well, they're going to sell their stocks. So the, the market kind of is another data point showing that, hmm, you're looking that the future is going to be a little brighter. So hang in there. I know, I know I, I, I would prefer to talk about really fun, exciting, you know, cool things all the time. But I think, you know, maybe as a have my parent mindset in, you know, mindset on sometimes you have to do talk about these things that are uncomfortable, but at least you know what's happening and what's going on. And by having that knowledge and intelligence. You, you can make the best decisions and not do anything that you later regret. <clears throat> so thank you so much for watching. I appreciate it. As always, any questions you have, um, any insights, any topics, any guests you'd like to recommend, let Christine and I know. And I really appreciate you watching us early in the morning and I hope you benefit from it. Thank you so much. Bye, Bye. everyone.